0: So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hey guys, it's Leah. I hope I'm on here. Can anybody give me a thumbs up if you guys can see me? Anybody? Anybody? I think somebody's on. Can you guys give me a thumbs up if you can see me? Okay, hi. Okay, hey, it's Leah, guys. Um, I think it's 12 o'clock, um, so it's time to get started with our um, VA Claims Insider um, Live from the med team. My name is Leah. I'm one of the med team leads. Um, So I just wanted to start off by kind of talking about who we are um, as as the med team and what we do, okay? So uh, there are four of us, right? So we're all physician assistants. So um, as PAs, um, most of us have been, um, you know, with the company for quite a while. Um, I'm Leah. I'm a multiple combat tour veteran. Um, I was enlisted for eight years as a combat medic and then I became a PA. Um, I'm still actually in the military. Uh, I've been in for about 15 years. Um, So I met Brian Reese and he brought me into this amazing company. And hang on, I got to pull up some PowerPoints. Okay, I wanted to keep my thoughts organized. So um, I was an enlisted paratrooper. Um, in the 82nd. As a military PA, I've been a battalion PA for both infantry battalions. um, I've been an aeromedical PA, um, so I know a lot about flight medicine. Um, And I actually was also selected to be the first woman Special Forces PA, um, which I just finished that duty last year in 2018. Um, Hi Mr. Nelson, I see you. So now that I'm in the civilian sector, I'm actually still, I'm a reservist, but I have a lot of small children, so I decided to uh, exit. Uh, Brian has given me the opportunity to still be a part of something really, really big, um, and that's helping you guys, okay? Um, So in the civilian sector, I work in both emergency medicine and um, urgent care. Um, I I also do, this is the, the bulk of what I do, is this medical legal consulting with you guys, Um, but I'm also a subcontractor with VES and LHI, which are two of the largest, um, I guess VA comp and pen examiners. So I am a VA comp and pen examiner. So I tell you this because it's not a, it's not like a humble brag. It's because I want you to know that Brian only hires the most, um, you know, the, the experts to handle your cases. Okay. Um, So we also have a girl by the name of Heather Call. She's probably someone many of you uh, work with on on a regular basis if you've been in with us for a while. She's been around the longest. She graduated from Duke University and she's worked in cardiovascular medicine. Um, Next up, we have our our third PA, which is David Drury. He's an Army National Guardsman PA. Um, He's been an Infantry Battalion PA and he also has worked in hormonal replacements. Our fourth PA to kind of round out your med team is Tara Thompson. I'm sure you guys will meet her um, at some point if she does a if she does a live. Um, she is also in the Army Reserve. She's actually she's actually my squad leader currently in the Army Reserve. So we brought her in because she shares our vision. Okay, um, she has a vast knowledge of medical legal consulting. She's been on the stand and um, and courtrooms, giving medical opinions. Um, She's worked in emergency medicine, general and orthopedic surgery. So why do I tell you guys all this? Um, I tell you this because I want you to know that your med team, your core med team are very um, knowledgeable and we have a vast array of just different areas, right? Sometimes we get questions like, well, is the VA gonna take a PA as seriously as, as a physician? You know in this field or that field well you know the VA is is you know they have their faults right but they allow for PAs and physicians to be um, you know equals when it comes to doing your letters and your DBQs okay and I'm here to tell you that I that there is not a physician that I know that can give you the most well-rounded case that this team can give you I promise you that because going to medical school is a huge deal right but serving your country and going to war on multiple occasions means I can speak your language, okay? And I can speak that VA language that they need us to speak, right? Um, so that being said, we kind of talked about who who is the med team? Let's talk about what can the med team do, right? So we can do a lot of things, right? So we can do disability benefit questionnaires, right? There are some that we can't do, and we'll go into that in a little bit. Um, but we can do disability benefit questionnaires. We can do nexus letters. That's kind of like our, our signature move there is doing some of those. Um. And most importantly, what I find most important is that we're here to advise you and to keep you on your path, right? Because you guys have really fantastic ideas. You've been kind of hosed by the VA several times. But what our job to do is is to take what you're giving us and to make that into it to an art, right? To make sure that we create the language that the VA needs you know, to make your case happen. Okay. Cause it, cause sometimes it doesn't matter if you have the condition. Sometimes it doesn't matter if you have, um, you know, all of this stuff. If one T isn't crossed properly, the VA is going to throw out your case. Is that crazy? Absolutely. Um, but it's the truth. Okay. I have a veteran that I'm working with right now who I actually, he's in my VFW troop cause I'm in the VFW. And if you guys aren't, you should definitely join. Um, he's a Vietnam veteran. Um, he's been paying over $700 a month for diabetes medication for years. And the VA would not recognize his presumptive Agent Orange case because his DD-214 had an addendum page with his, with his uh, Vietnam service. That is a travesty. Okay. Because of a clerical error that someone omitted his second addendum page showing his service, this man in his seventies, who probably doesn't even know how to use electronics as well as your younger generations can, is getting hosed, right? That particular veteran after I took his case, we're, we're in the middle of it right now, but I anticipate he's going to be backdated 100% VA disability for three years, which is going to be significant. That man will never have to worry the rest of his life, okay? So, I tell you this because what you're investing in here at VA Claims Insiders is the team, right? It's your VCEs. It's Brian. It's us. It's your psych team because what we do is we passionately um, create these documents for you like you're our family, right? Because we know firsthand how the VA has hosed you on on numerous occasions. Um, we see it every day. Um, but what we know how to do is put that secret sauce together to write it the way that the VA needs it done, okay? So um, sometimes you guys get very cattywampus with your ideas, right? Like, hey, we wanna connect our knee pain to our eye pain or something like that and we say hey let's get your knee pain on board but maybe there's a better way to skin this cat right so that's that is what i pride myself in is maybe not doing your dbq or your nexus letter but kind of helping you with that path right um so let's talk about what we can't do okay let's talk about what the med team cannot do okay we can't do psych stuff Okay, that's why we have an awesome psych team, right? Um, that, that is something that VA Claims Insider does very well, but it's not something that the med team themselves do, okay? So um, your VCE and Brian should do a very good job of kind of pushing you that direction before it even gets to us, but we're that third stopgap. If it's like, hey, they fell through the through the cracks and they've got PTSD, I say, hey, let me redirect you and your VCE back over to the psych team. Um, so that's, that's kind of one of the things we can do, okay? Um, there are some DBQs that we can't do, right? So we can't do anything that requires a physical exam, right? Because we're here and you're there, right? We are medical legal consultants. So essentially some of the DBQs that we do don't require a physical exam for example sleep apnea okay that doesn't require a physical exam so we can do a fully developed case and submit your documentation for that condition or for gastric reflux or for um you know migraine headaches that's another big one that we can do okay because it doesn't require a physical exam some of them do require a physical exam and i would say 99 percent of the orthopedic conditions okay um, we cannot do a physical exam for that so what does that mean so that means that we can write a letter establishing a service connection if it's not in your service treatment record but i can't do a physical exam on you so essentially what we do is write a letter saying hey they should have service connection. Once that's done, then the the VA will call you in to do your range of motion, to quantify that, right? So we're qualifying it, okay? So that's two of the steps that we have to have, right? We have to qualify that this is a condition. That is what, what our, um, that's our money maker. right? That's what we do for you guys. We qualify the conditions, whether it's in your medical records and we're just synopsing that, or we are, um, connecting it to another condition, right? Now, some of those, like I said, we cannot quantify, meaning once it's qualified, the VA is gonna recognize, yeah, they, they, we're gonna pay them for that, right? But how much are we gonna pay them? That's where the DBQ comes in, okay? So the DBQ for an orthopedic, let's say back pain, the VA is gonna call you in and they're gonna do their range of motion and whatever it is that that, we ha- that they have to do and then submit the rest of the file, okay? So we can't do some DBQs, but some we can, okay? So um, what else do we not do, okay? We don't just take your money, okay? Um, If you don't have a case, I'm gonna tell you, hey, I think that you don't have a case right now, um, and here's what we can do to make your case stronger. So it's not a no, never. It's a, hey, go back to your primary care and say these things or do these things. Um, and then come, you know, make an appointment this week and then come back to me next week with some more medical evidence and then we can make your case like awesome, right? Um, I will not do your case if it's a crappy case, okay? Um, Because that's just not what we do. Um, So we're gonna thoroughly review your needs um, and all the supporting evidence. If we think you have a bad case or need more documentation, then we're gonna let you know and point you in the right direction. Um, so that you can come back with that stronger case, okay? So some of you may have seen my med team tip of the week that we put out this week. It's kind of like this new thing we're doing. Um, sometimes you have um, primary care doctors or especially at the VA, this happens, VA doctors or people that just aren't savvy on um, VA disability. They just don't wanna to touch it, right? They, they're like, you, t- you go in there and tell them, hey, I need this documented for my VA disability. Um, they're just like, Oh, well, we don't do that. Well, we can't do that. You're going to have to go to the VA for that. Or that's not something we do in this office. Right? So one thing I encourage my veterans to do is not to tell them this is for VA disability. Okay. You go in and that's not a lie, right? You go in there and say, Hey, I've had gastric reflux for years. It's really bothering me. I'd like some medication for it. Okay. You don't have to add all the extra information, um, about, it's for my VA disability. I've been screwed over. Cause once people start hearing that, they just get this, like, I don't want to deal with that type type situation. Okay. So what I advise people to do, and, and even in the VA, sometimes they, they get so jaded with, um, VA disability stuff that they do what my friend Terrell Morell, He's one of our VCEs, he's my battle buddy. He calls being a gym class hero, right? So they intentionally kind of block your ability to get the diagnosis because I don't know why, I don't know if it's because they are um, they can get just jaded on medicine and, and disability and things like that. Um, so here's what I would do. I would just use my insurance and I would go to an urgent care and say, hey, I have migraines, do you think you can give me some medication for that? And then guess what the urgent care provider is probably gonna do? They're gonna write a diagnosis of migraines and give you a medication called Imitrex or Maxol or whatever, and then you're gonna go back two days later and say, can I have a printout of my medical diagnosis? And they're gonna give it to you and then you're gonna give it to me and then we're gonna make the magic happen, right? Now, I'm not saying to lie, okay? We don't do that, we do things above board, right? But I'm saying don't let the man like get you down because y- you have to unfortunately fight for that disability that you're entitled to, okay? So here's another thing. I've got uh, my my commander of my VFW troop who I love dearly, right? He's been battling the VA forever to get his fibromyalgia linked to Gulf War. And I said, Andrew, you, have a, you got insurance, right? And he's like, yeah. I said, go make an appointment. Pick a rheumatologist out of the book, right? Go on the phone book, aka the internet these days, right? Go on the internet and look up a rheumatologist that has like really great ratings and go in there and tell them, hey, I think I have fibromyalgia. What do you think? And they're going to do a diagnostic evaluation on you and give you the diagnosis because that's what they're the experts, A. B, like they're not, I mean, why wouldn't they, right? Right. You go in there and you cash pay, you have it, or you use your insurance, and then they give you the diagnosis. And then you turn around and give it to me, and guess what? We make happen magic, right? Um, so you don't have to be chained to the VA for these things. And I think sometimes we don't think outside of the box, right? To like look at these other dynamic ways for us to get these diagnoses, okay? Um, again, we don't need to lie. Hi, Brian. Um, we don't need to lie. We don't need to do anything like that. We just stay above board, right? So, you know, you're not at the mercy of the VA for these things. Um, sometimes that's the culture that is presented, but that's far from the truth. Okay. Um, so we talked about what we do do, what we do and what we don't do. Right? So, um, let's talk about some resources, right? So how do we come up with some of the of the DBQs? What do we look at? What are these things that we do? What's the secret sauce, right? Um, Well, I don't want to bore you with all of the super like intricate details of how we do what we do because I don't want to lose you to a bunch of code of federal regulation BS, right? But there's four main things, right? I'm going to flip my camera here so you guys can kind of see what I'm looking at. Okay. So, sorry about the glare. So, we look at, on the med team, there are four main things that we kind of look at for resources. Let me flip my phone. So, 38 code of federal regulations, okay? That is the regulation that the VA uses on for everything, for every single one of your conditions, okay? It's supposed to be very objective, okay? Meaning that it's not supposed to be somebody's opinion. Does that happen? Absolutely, it happens, right? But when we go back to fight, we use the 38 Code of Federal Regulations and we say, hey, this is what you, you guys, this is the law book that you say that we're supposed to pull stuff out of. We also look at the Military Disability Made Easy, which is, um, you know, Brian's new baby. That's part of our company, right? Um, <clears throat> so the 38... Um, code of federal regulations is essentially another platform under military disability made easy and a more colorful user-friendly version of, of that, okay? Um, so let me see if I can pull up the 38 code of federal regulations. Just show you something real quick because it sounds scary, right? But it's actually not at all. And, it, and I want to empower you guys to, to just be educated yourselves. So, I just go to Google and I put in 38 CFR and I hit enter, got to look at my other screen here, and then let's pull it up. Okay, look, this is the VA's website. I'm like, hey, look, all these conditions, whoa, let's look at some common ones, okay? Um, let's look at musculoskeletal system, okay? I know this looks scary because there's so many things, but we come down here to schedule of ratings, musculoskeletal system. Boom, open. Now, like I said, on Military Disability Made Easy, which is part of our company, right? Um, this is all on a prettier platform, and you can just hit search and write back pain on it, right? Um, so, when I'm looking at what, what do you have, what's going on, what, what are you probably going to get for a condition? course, it's the VA site, so it's like downloading, and it's going to take 10 years, right? Um, well, we'll come back to that when it pops up. I can look in there and tell you guys, like, oh, you have this, this, and that? Well, that's 30% according in accordance with um, 38 CFR, right? So, what does that mean? What is a DBQ, okay? A disability benefit questionnaire is a document, right, an arbitrary document that the VA has made that marries up to the 38 CFR. That's all it is. That's what a DBQ is. It says, do they have this, this, or that? And those this, this, or that things marry up to the CFR. Okay? And so that's not something, that's like kinda in the weeds for you guys, but that's what we're doing on our end. We're taking your, we're, we're looking at your history, we're reading your notes, we're taking in everything you're telling us, and then we're filling out the DBQ based on that, okay? And then when I look at that, I can look at the CFR and say, oh, well, he's got these five things. This means he's going to get 70%. This means he's going to get 30% for this condition. So it's, it's just a formula. It doesn't even take a, like a ton of brain power. It just takes the ability to understand where they're pulling stuff from and marry it up. Right? That's all we're doing. Okay? Now, you can't go out there and do it yourself, unfortunately, because you got to have the power of the pen, which is what we have. So as PAs, we have the power of the pen. So I can put all this stuff in a DBQ and I can sign that this is legit, right? Um, So um, that being said, so those are some of our resources, right? So we talked about 38 CFR. Soon as it downloads, I'll show you um, 38 CFR. We talked about Military Disability Made Easy, which um, is a huge resource and tool. We talked about what is a DBQ, right? Um, and then let's talk about the VA appeals board, okay? So um, the VA appeals board is something that I look at every single day, okay? Because when I'm writing your nexus letters, I'm not only writing veteran so-and-so has back pain. Let's let's pick the number one one I, we do, sleep apnea, okay? I'm, I'm not going to lie. That is the easiest number one condition that we do. We do it all the time. Um, so let's say I'm saying he's got sleep apnea connected to his PTSD, right? So what I do is I'm going to quote, I'm going to use a lot of evidence-based medicine, right? So I'm going to cite articles about how it's linked, right? Then I'm going to go into the VA appeals board, which, gosh, this VA website is so whack today. Um, not surprising, but I'm going to Google VA appeals board. It's on the same VA website that we just went to. Um, hang on one second. Because I feel like this is really important for you guys to see this. Um. Okay. So let me flip this camera again. Okay. So this is the VA Appeals Board. Sorry for the glare. Okay. Department of Veterans Affairs, Board of Appeals, whatever. So I'm going to come down here and I'm gonna click on search decisions, right? And this is just like if you're sitting around in your underwear at at your house, like, hey, I wonder if I can do this or this. Well, this is what I do. I just jump on here and you see how it has this search bar and it's like, find these words, this exact phrase, blah, 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 right? So usually I'll start with find these words and I'll put in like, OSA secondary to PTSD. Okay. So if, if I do that, you come down here. If I just want to look at like, this one is so big that I could just do the last two years. If I'm looking up something like really crazy and like not common, I might deselect it and pick like all years. Right. Um, and then I hit search. Okay. And then hold on. Okay, look, uh, 465 cases just in those two years that I can pull, right? Now, not all of them are, are like, um, winners. Some of them are losers. But if I want to be more specific, I'd come up here into this exact phrase, and I would say, OSA, secondary to PTSD, granted, right? And then it would put all the ones that were granted. But this one's so easy that I could just look through the top five and probably find one. Um, so I'm gonna answer a bunch of questions too when I get done off my soapbox. Soap but I just saw one. Can we do sleep apnea secondary to allergic rhinitis? Yeah, absolutely, we do it all the time. And if you wanna know, you just come on this website right here that I'm showing you and you put allergic OSA secondary to allergic rhinitis and search the VA appeals cases, right? So let's look. This is the first one I pull up, okay? So we're gonna to scroll to the bottom. See if he, if this guy got it. I don't think he did. This one's still an appeal. So, so I'm not going to read through each and every single little piece of that. I just want to pull some that are positives. Okay, let's look. Okay, this one is... Let me change it to granted. Because this is going to pull all of them the way I just wrote it. Whether it's negative or positive. So this exact phrase granted It's thinking Ooh So this this way this is backfiring on me right now because it's how I'm phrasing it Because I'm using exact phrase. It might be like obstructive sleep apnea secondary to PTSD. So sometimes I have to play around with it to find the ones I want. Um, But this is a tool that you guys should be using all the time if you just want to know. I mean, you can ask us because that's what we're here for. Um, But this is usually where I go because I want to cite this in your letters, I want to say it. Um, I want to explain everything you've got. I want to cite how these, these uh, studies say they're linked. And then at the bottom, I want to say, um, in addition, the VA Appeals Board has granted many cases of obstructive sleep apnea secondary to PTSD. And then, boom, I put, th- you know, three different citation numbers on there for them to reference, right? Um, so then it's like, hey, you already said that it was cool in many cases. You have to say it's cool again, right? Um, See, here goes one right here. Obstructive sleep apnea granted, right? So again, I don't, I mean, this is very ugly stuff to read through. That's what you pay us to do. But I just want you to be informed that that's something you can do, okay? Use that appeals website, okay? So let's get out of there. And I do that on every case. Now, not every case because I've done sleep apnea so many times that I have a little folder full of those cases and I just upload them, right? So, um, you know, I would say 99.9% of the letters I write have case law citations, okay? Usually the only ones that don't are ones that people are just trying to get a primary connection, right? Because then we're just, we're trying to establish it based off of your previous history. If we're trying to do a secondary, I'm going to cite case law all day long. Because it's kind of like saying, oh, how are you going to deny this guy when you've said yes to 10 other people for this, right? So that's key, right? Okay, so we'll get off of that particular thing. So let's talk about like Leah's top six things, okay? These are six things when I see them pop up on a veteran, I'm like, oh, we are gonna get our golden ticket. It's about to happen, right? Um, And when I say our golden ticket, I don't mean to sound so like, I don't know, unprofessional, but really it's the truth. Like it's something that you're entitled to, something that you deserve, something that you, you, fought for your country, these are things that, that it shouldn't be so hard. It shouldn't take me or Brian or someone to do to help you navigate this, but it's the truth, okay? So when I see these conditions, I'm like, oh crap, we're, we're, we got, we're about to get our golden ticket on this one, okay? So here they are, Leah's top six. Now, this is outside of having PTSD or a mental health condition from our psych team, okay? So we've got OSA, okay, because you're probably going to get like 50% for that gastric reflux, okay? Gastric reflux is a big one, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit, okay? We've got allergies, sinusitis, IBS, and migraines. When I see all those, I'm like, you're about to get 30%, 50%, 30%, 50% for all of these conditions, okay? And once you get enough of those, then it's time for your golden ticket, right? Okay, so and a lot of these, can be linked to what most people don't realize is a big thing, and that's the VA presumptive list, okay? The VA presumptive... Oh, look, I spelled it wrong. Sorry. The VA presumptive list, okay? So, there's a bunch of presumptive um, list conditions related to certain things. So, Gulf War Syndrome, okay? Agent Orange Exposure, Camp Lejeune. There's many of these, okay? And these are all on that VA um, website, so Gulf War Syndrome basically means anyone that served in Iraq, there's there's a list of like five countries um, in the Middle East, so it's like Iraq, the waters of, and the airspace above, okay, it doesn't even have to be boots on ground, okay, um, and then that's from 1991 into present, okay, that, that means that you are a Gulf War veteran, okay. Also, there's Gulf War Afghanistan veterans. Now, that starts in like 2001 and beyond. But it basically says that if you are a veteran of these foreign wars, whether you're in, um, you know, one of the countries around that area, whether you're in the airspace above, whether you're in the seas, seas around it, you are entitled to presumptive conditions related to Gulf War Syndrome. What does that mean? okay? That means they have a list of conditions to include gastric reflux, IBS, any other functional abdominal condition. So not something that is like, it's basically uh, conditions that there's no medical proof of, right? So um, fibromyalgia, these are all subjective conditions. It doesn't mean that they're not real, but it means there's no x-ray, MRI, lab that can say, oh yep, they've got that, right? um, gastric reflux, I'd say you can show evidence of that, um, sometimes, but mostly these are conditions that they're very nonspecific. Okay. So, um, if you've got some of these very nonspecific conditions, it has to be diagnosed though. Okay. So you have to have, let's say you have a diagnosis of fibromyalgia or allergic rhinitis and you've been to Iraq, it's over. We don't even have to do anything else. Okay. You have the diagnosis from your medical provider, um, from wherever you get seen at, I'm going to write a letter that says, this is a Gulf War veteran and um, the VA has established that there's presumptive service connection. And then I use a bunch of medical language or legal language and I cite their stuff and I say, give him his money, right? And that's what happens every time, right? But, but if you claim IBS or fibromyalgia and you don't say we want to link it to Gulf War, guess what? How messed up is that? It's crazy, but that's why we're here because we know all those loopholes and they shouldn't even be loopholes, right? But the VA has this really crazy way of making it impossible for you guys to get what you are entitled to getting, okay? It's crazy. Um Agent Orange is another one, right? So Agent Orange, we, we do a lot of those cases, diabetes, prostate cancer, um, several other conditions that are on the presumptive list. So what I would advise to you is if you are a Gulf War veteran, if you um, have, or a Vietnam veteran, if you were on ground in Vietnam, you, are, you have presumptive exposure to Agent Orange, okay? Period, all right? you have those, you've been in those two, one of those two locations, you go ahead and look up the presumptive list for Agent Orange, and if you have one of those things, we're done. It's, it's happening, okay? Um, now, okay, so that's it on my little PowerPoint. Now, there were some questions that I wanted to answer for you guys. Some um, people have been, like, throwing questions up over the past, like, week or so um, that they wanted to have answered, so hopefully they can help a lot of you guys, hang on one second. My nine-year-old's not here to help me with my computer, so it takes me a second. Well, before I get to that, um, there's, a, there's, there's two more things I want to discuss today. One is, like, I have a little cheat sheet for your VCEs. Um, of things to think about, like if you have a primary condition or if you have something, what we can, what we often can see happen quickly, right? So, the primary condition of um, PTSD, okay? Let's say you're not a Gulf War um, veteran, okay? But you've got PTSD and you have IBS. Guess what? That is one that we do all the time. So, PTSD, IBS secondary to PTSD, GERD secondary to NSAID use, okay? Oh my gosh. I guarantee you 90% of y'all have either back pain, knee pain, uh, you know, hip pain, something like that, right? So I guarantee you that you've been taking vitamin M or Motrin for years, right? It is very easy for me to establish service connection for gastric reflux to your orthopedic conditions because of the NSAID use. I do it every day. So if you've got gastric reflux or heartburn, right? You might not even know what that is. But if you're taking Zantac over the counter or Prilosec or something like that, take yourself into the urgent care and say, Hey, I have heartburn. Can you give me something? They're probably gonna write that you have gastric reflux. Then you're gonna give that to me and I'm gonna get you 30%. And that's what's about to happen, right? Okay, so um OSA, sleep apnea, okay? If you've got hypertension, that's, that's a connection. I mean, that is, that is one that I call, like to call nickel and diming things, though, because hypertension is just, it's, it's not hard to prove connection, but they don't like to give you very much for it. I think you get like 10% for it if your diastolic blood pressure is over 100, even on medications, and that's pretty hard to do, okay? Oh, my goodness. This is one that I love to do for veterans, okay? So diabetes, sleep apnea, um, both of those conditions, we can make secondary to almost any orthopedic condition if you've had weight gain. So here's an example, right? Veteran Snuffy has had back pain and knee pain. He got rated for that 30 years ago. And you know what? He was like about 170 pounds when he left the military service, but due to his back pain, knee pain, he hasn't been able to work out as much as he used to, right? And he gained about 40 pounds over the past 20 or 30 years, okay? So now he's obese, right? And when I talk about obesity and over being overweight, um, some of us might not think that we're obese, but you know what? We actually are, okay? And, and it's, it's silly because, like, you might not, like, my husband, for example, he's a, he's a Iraq and Afghanistan veteran, right? So he's got a bunch of orthopedic conditions, um, He's six foot two and probably like 220. He's a big guy, but he's not like huge. But clinically, he's overweight, right? So you might not think you're overweight, but you know, for, for the purposes of what we're trying to do here, it's not bad to be overweight, okay? So you can get diabetes secondary to knee pain because you gained a bunch of weight. We call that an intermediate step, okay? Weight gain is the intermediate step from your orthopedic conditions, and guess what? You gained a lot of weight, now you have sleep apnea. Boom. You gained a lot of weight, now you got di- diabetes. Boom. Right? Um, hi, Betty. I see you there too. Um, so, okay. Sinusitis. We do that one often as well. So, if you've got uh, sinu- sinusitis or allergic rhinitis, we can get obstructive sleep apnea connected to that. We have done it before, and, it, and, and if you really want the proof, Go over here and Google it yourself, okay? You don't even have to take my word for it. Go on the appeals website and look at at case law, right? You look at case law for the Veterans Appeals Board and look at sleep apnea secondary to sinusitis. It's there, I promise you, okay? But if you don't have someone with the power of the pen writing it up for you, you're hosed, okay? So... Next we have, um, okay. So neck pain and back pain. A lot of veterans don't see this one. Don't realize this one. And this is also what we're here to do is to create and do this art for you. Right? So you've got low back pain and then you also have like sciatica or you've got some numbness that goes down your foot. You probably wouldn't even think that that's a separate condition. Well, I'm here to tell you it is. So I've got 10%, I've I've got personally 10% for back pain, right? So I jumped out of a lot of airplanes, my back hurts, my knees hurt, all these things hurt because I'm not, you know, in my 20s anymore, right? Um, So I've got back pain that's rated at 10%, but guess what? I also have radiculopathy in my leg. Right, so I've got numbness and tingling in my leg, and guess what? I make that secondary to my back pain, and now I've got 20% for radiculopathy, and I've got 10% for my back pain. Okay, so we talked about, and that can be upper extremity too, right? Um, so you've got neck pain. You have nerves that come out of your neck and go down your arm. If you've got, um, if you've got radiculopathy in your hands, we can tie that secondary to your neck pain, and now you're getting rated for your neck pain. And your radiculopathy, right? Or it doesn't even have to be um, from the from from the back, right? So let's say I've got I've got a veteran right now. I'm working in case for. He had a ganglion in his wrist, a cyst. Okay, he had it removed. Okay, so he has this ganglion cyst removed, and because they cut on his wrist, he's got some nerves like desensitization in that area. Guess what? That's a separate condition, okay? So we're gonna get him for wrist pain and we're also gonna get him for like, you know, his nerve issue in that area. Those are two separate conditions, okay? You had a knee surgery. Now you have some numbness in your knee where they did surgery on you. That could be a completely separate rated condition. So those are things that we look at, okay? Um, man, did you guys know you could get TMJ rated, right? For sure. So if you're grinding your teeth all the time, um, things like that. If you've got TMJ, you can get that. Um, you can get TMJ itself secondary to your PTSD, right? But you have to have the diagnosis, right? But if you have that diagnosis, you go and see your dentist. Hey, my jaw hurts all the time. Or your primary care, my jaw hurts all the time. I'm grinding them all night. Um while I'm asleep, and you guys do that, right? I do that too. You're, you have bruxism, you're clamping your teeth down because you're probably anxious, you have PTSD, things like that, go get that diagnosed, and then come back to me and I'm gonna tie that secondary to your to your PTSD, it's happening. And then guess what happens once I do that? You probably have some headaches because you're grinding your teeth all the time. Boom, 50% for headaches. So this is what we do on the med team, is we, we take, we look at your stuff and we start making connections, okay? all above board, right? We're staying above board. We're not making stuff up because it's too easy to pull these things out. We can just pull them out. They're there. You may you just don't know how to apply them properly, right? Um so we talk about TMJ. Okay. So tinnitus. Everybody's got ringing in their ears, right? Pretty much. Um, did you know that the VA has like a list of MOS's or AOC's or whatever you guys call them in the air force, your job, they rate them as high intermediate or low risk. Now, if you're a combat arms MOS, it's a slam dunk. Every time you're an infantryman, you're, um, you know, artillery or any of these things and you say you have tinnitus, you're done. That's it. It's happening. Um, now once you get tinnitus, if you've got headaches, guess what? You can I, I have very often connected migraine headaches secondary to tinnitus. Okay, and and you know one of my VCEs is like, well, this guy's got tinnitus, but I don't want him to pay the two hundred dollars because that's only like a ten percenter. And I'm like, well, first of all, you're gonna get that paid back. Like the first month it gets even at ten percent, you're gonna get that back paid, and then you open up a window. You open up this window for us to be able to do so many other things and to kind of like just make it happen, right? Um, so now we've got tinnitus, secondary to whatever, and now we've got migraines. So it works, right? So I don't, I don't expect for you guys to know all this stuff. What I need you to do is just get in front of me, right? You get your VCE, you get in front of the med team, and this is what we can make happen for, for you, okay? This is what we get paid to do, right? Um and not because I like money, which I do, it's because I like helping veterans because that makes my life worthwhile, right? That's what I want to do. Um so I want to I want to help you get that disability that you're entitled to and it brings me no greater joy. Well, the greatest joy is treating a treating a soldier in battle, right? Treating a soldier in combat is my number one greatest accomplishment and privilege, right? Number two is helping you guys in this battlefield get what it is that, that you are entitled to, right? Um, okay, so just a couple more of my little cheat sheets, okay? So, knee pain and knee pain. So, you guys know that song. I sing it to my two-year-old and my four-year-old all the time. Like, your knee bone's connected to your foot bone. Okay, that's the truth for, for the purposes of the VA. If you, if you got one knee pain that's service-connected, guess what? We can connect the other knee pain, the other knee. Okay, um, and and I can explain to you how, but I don't want to take up all our time talking about the the nuances and intricacies of doing this. But I'm telling you, we do it all the time. We use medical um, based evidence and research in VA appeals cases. Okay, it happens. Okay, um, so we can do basically almost any bone to another bone. Okay, so. It would be hard for me to give you foot pain connected to like shoulder pain, but I certainly will do the research to try to figure it out, okay? Um, We can do gastric reflux to obstructive sleep apnea. Um, We can do, if you're a veteran with PTSD with alcohol use disorder, gastric reflux, because alcohol... um, Alcohol is just very much correlated with gastric reflux. Okay, and I keep beating up this gastric reflux thing, and I beat it up because it's thirty percent. Okay, so that's a bit, and that's an easy one. That's an easy one all day. Okay, Um, okay. Again, any joint that has has two. Okay, shoulder pain, shoulder pain, knee pain, and knee pain, foot pain, and foot pain. Um, We talked about Gulf War syndrome. Lots of stuff like gastric reflux, IBS, sleep apnea, chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, so those are all things that are presumptive in the VA's list, right? Um, let's see, what else? We talked about the peripheral nerve stuff. So anytime you get something cut on, like your elbow or your knee, if you've got some peripheral nerve dysfunction, meaning the skin's numb over that area, that's a separate rating, right? um, diabetes, you know, my guy that came to me, the VA finally said, um, the guy I was discussing earlier, they said, Oh, we see your addendum page. So we're going to go ahead. And you know, it was our error. So we're going to recognize that you've got diabetes, you've got a uh, Vietnam service. So we're going to give you your diabetes. Well, this was as in my position as a comp and pen examiner. Not all of them are horrible, right? I do it because I know how horrible it is and I want to help um, veterans. So I had this guy come in, he's from my VFW troop. And I said, Oh, you got diabetes. Well, guess what else you have? You have erectile dysfunction. You have chronic kidney disease. You have hypertension. You have, um, diabetic retinopathy. You have diabetic skin disease. You've got, um, you know, an array of diabetes related conditions. And we just teared those suckers right on. And so we're going to take him from 10%, which he had, uh, for tinnitus to a hundred percent with three years of back pain. That's about to happen. Um, which is probably like 300 grand for the back pay. Um, and he asked me, oh, Leah, I can never repay you. Let me pay you for this. And I'm like, no, how about you just be a happy veteran and have a happy life and, you know, pay it forward or whatever. Um, asthma, okay? Asthma is one that we can, we can do to Gulf War Syndrome, okay? Um, we can also do, let's see... The OSA, we can say, hey, we can say, hey, you have asthma. And um, because you have asthma and it's service connected, you can't work out very much, right? So because of that, now you're gaining a bunch of weight. And now we're back in that whole intermediate step for weight gain. You've got asthma, you can't run anymore, um, you gained 30 pounds, now you have sleep apnea, now you have um, you know, diabetes, now you have this, right? It's this, it's just the same formula over and over, just slightly different, right? um, let's see. Okay. Let's talk about erectile dysfunction. Cause I know y'all don't like to talk about that, but we're about to talk about it. Okay. So erectile dysfunction. Okay. So most of the time you're going to get 0% for erectile dysfunction. I know Brian talks about this in, in other, um, you know, Facebook lives or whatever, but you're probably going to get 0% for erectile dysfunction be, unless you have some kind of deformity, right? But what you will get is special monthly compensation, okay? So even if you get 100% VA disability, if you have erectile dysfunction with a 0% rating, you can get like $136 a month just for that separately for the rest of your life. Some people might be like, oh, it's only 130 bucks, whatever. And I'm like, well, guess what? That's like, you know, over $1,200 a year. And in 10 years, that's like 12 grand or 15 grand. And that's like a car for my kid. So, and ladies, it's not just about the guys because there's female sexual arousal disorder. We do that, okay? So, um, and you may not even realize that you have this condition, but these are things that your VA or that your VA claims insider team, um, med team, will kind of help you with, okay? Um, But I can't help you if you don't get in front of me, right? If you don't get in front of me, I cannot help you get where you're going, okay? Um, we can't win the battle if you don't even start, okay? So we talked about that. I wanted to quickly go through some of these questions that you guys had wanted to have answered um, and then it'll be pretty much time to end. But let me pull them up real quick. And I know you guys are like putting a lot of questions out there right now, but I told you I'm technologically impaired. So it's hard for me to like word vomit on you and read your comments and answer them. Um, but a lot of them hopefully will be captured in what has already been put out over the past couple of weeks. So hang on. Give me like 30 seconds. Okay, here we go. I got it. Okay, so these are some of the questions that have been put up over the past like week or two or whatever. So I wanna try to do my best at answering some of them for you guys. Some of them are like super like particular and probably won't apply to most of you, but some of them are like super like helpful. Okay, so one gentleman asked, one veteran asked me, um, he's got ischemic heart disease, also referred to as acute myocardial infarction. Um, which pertains to damage of the heart muscle. And he also has coronary artery disease. And so what he's saying is that um, the VA denied the coronary artery disease that only rated him for the other one, okay, for the myocardial infarction. Okay, so here's what I have to say to that. If you look in the 38 Code of Federal Regulations, there are different um, rating codes that the VA uses for different conditions. So for this particular gentleman, um, myocardial infarction is, is under code 7006, okay? And then coronary artery disease is under 7005, okay? Sometimes we can break them out, okay, separately and get ratings, okay? But sometimes we can't because the VA considers that pyramiding, which is just a big word for double dipping. Okay. So the VA doesn't want you to double dip on a condition if it causes the same symptoms. So what they try to do is say, okay, he's got coronary artery disease and he's had a heart attack. Which of these is, ca- is causing him to have like decreased activity levels and this and that? They're not going to pay him for both things necessarily if they cause the same thing. Now, with some wordsmithing, can we change that? Mm, We might could, but that's when I look at the whole case and I say, let's not try to do the hard thing. Let's do the easy thing. What else do you have got going on? Um, That's not to say I don't ever do it, right? Um, Stephen Deli, I see you here. You're the one, but you're great. Um, So, next question, okay? Okay, um... So I know it's rare, I was diagnosed with narcolepsy and I have sleep apnea. Which should be my primary claim and which one my secondary, okay? So I want us to be really careful in what is a primary and what is a secondary condition, okay? So primary is something that was directly caused by service. Secondary is something that I'm tying to another thing with a nexus letter, okay? And now if you're asking me which one you should go for, sleep apnea all day, all day, every day, because it's 50% if you have a CPAP. Um, I would look at your case individually, um, to see what your symptoms are. And I'd look in the CFR to see where you are on the narcolepsy scale. Um, it's, it's under the same rating code, narcolepsy and sleep apnea, actually, because narcolepsy isn't broken out separately, but I would say we're just going to go for sleep apnea because it's kind of a slam dunk and it's our signature move on the med team. Right. Um, next question is sleep apnea secondary to allergic rhinitis. Um, the answer is yes. I'm not even going to waste time talking more about it, but the answer is yes, we can make that happen. Um, We use case law, right? Um, The next question is, can insomnia be linked as secondary to allergic rhinitis? Okay. So that's a tough question because insomnia is not a specific diagnosis that the VA recognizes. Okay. Um, The VA does not recognize insomnia because it's kind of like a symptom. It can be like an actual diagnosis, but they put that up under mental health. Okay. Um, so that's one that I would look at with you kind of one-on-one to see what is the best way to go and probably maybe even involve the psych team. Okay. Um, so the next question is how can we service connect GERD a million ways? I've already told you some of them. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. Um, So basically anything that you can, um, so narcolepsy may be under epilepsy. I see you down there, Michael Hay, but I will also tell you that I am personally rated for narcolepsy and it certainly is under OSA. It may be rated under epilepsy as well, but it is actually any kind of hypersomnia or narcolepsy can also be rated under um, obstructive sleep apnea. Um, so that, that being said, moving on, um, GERD, like I said, a million ways. So, anything that you have um, taken NSAIDs for, even headaches. If you've taken NSAIDs a ton of times for headaches, I could potentially say that there's an intermediate step of um, NSAID use and, and we could get GERD, right? We could use um, orthopedic pains. We can use Gulf War syndrome, alcohol use disorder, um Okay, what is the best way to file a secondary claim for sleep apnea? Well, PCSD is usually the easiest, um, but we also do the weight gain thing quite a bit. Um. Uh, so the next thing, let's see. I guess the answer to that, the final answer to that, is just sign up, and we'll get it. We'll we'll make it happen. And if we if we can't, if I look at your case, I'm like, you don't have a good case. You're not out anything, right? Because I'm not going to take your money if you don't have a good case. Um, so um, let's see, nexus to severe, o- severe OSA secondary to low back pain due to long-term side effects of medications to treat lower back pain. Is that enough of a medical link? Well, maybe, we'll look at the medications themselves, but the stronger case is like I said, the, is the weight gain. And let's be honest, okay, if you have sleep apnea, you're probably in the overweight category. And then we just go back to the formula um, let's see. I have recently spoken to a VA, VSR, veteran service representative, and they are very adamant that the VA is not approving OSA, even secondary. Okay. I don't want to get on my soapbox here, but VSRs are not created equally, right? They're not all created equally because they're humans, right? Just like all of us. And they are, um, government employees, right? So they can do a little bit of what we do, right? Um, so I, I would say that they're kind of like a VCE, but like not on the high level that the VCE is on because the VCE does everything that the v- um, our veterans claims experts are essentially, um, you know, a, a VS uh, veteran service representative, like on steroids, right? Now, we as the medical team, take that to another level because we have the power of the pen, right? I'm telling you right now with the appropriate rate up, you will get OSA. Okay. Now, if you get a gym class hero, as Terrell likes to say, as your VA rater, like up at the higher level and they want to decline it, then we pull out the next trick in our bag of tricks, which is a higher level review. Okay. And I'm pretty sure we're like 100% on higher level reviews right now. And the turnaround on those are, is generally under a month. Okay. Um, so, I encourage you guys to watch Brian's videos on, um, hold on, I'm reading Michael Hay here. Brian Reese has said the VA is not approving SA without in-service diagnosis. What's SA? What are you talking about? OSA. Yeah, all the time. We do it all the time. Um, Brian, can, Brian can jump on, on that later, um, but that's probably one of our most frequently, I mean, I probably do three of those a day Um, and I haven't had any come back negatively and I'm talking about maybe not three a day, but at least five a week, um, for the past four months. Yeah. Sleep apnea all the time. Um, OSA is sleep apnea guys. I'm reading some of your comments. Um, okay. So, and, and like I said, if you don't believe me, go, go to that VA appeal site and you look for yourself. Okay, you look for don't just take my word you you do your own research because I want you to be empowered, right? I want you to be empowered and feel confident in what happens. Now sometimes these VA reviewers are gym class heroes and they decline stuff and they deny stuff, but we have the tools in place, whether it's a higher level review or a supplementary claim where we fight back, okay um, because it's there in the in the um, case law, okay um, okay. So back to that VSR thing. So um, no one is going to fight as passionately for you and, and with as much accuracy as this team of VCEs and um, med teams like team and Brian. So um, I'm not, I'm not getting paid to sit here and talk to you guys today, right? I'm doing this because I love you guys and I want you guys to be on the level with all of us. And that is what we all believe. Everyone on this team, we want you to come up to the next level, Right. Um, and and get what you deserve. Um, So do you need a VA doctor to diagnose PTSD or will an outside doctor and nexus letter work? Okay. So this is tough. So I'm not on the psych team, but I'm going to give you my piece of knowledge. Okay. And and Brian explains this quite a bit, right? So absolutely, you can use an outside provider to diagnose anything. Okay. The VA has thrown out some telemedicine psych things. We've talked about that, okay? Brian talks about that elsewhere and I encourage you to watch his his videos. Um, So if you were to go to someone locally and get a psychologist, I want you to realize that A, it has to be a doctoral level psychologist. You can't get a social worker or I can't even do it, right? As a PA, it has to be a doctoral level psychologist um, or higher, okay? So that being said, absolutely you can. Now, can the VA call in another person or call you in to have have you see someone else? They can. They can do that. They can't um, throw ours out. They can't throw our psych, our psych team's opinions out, but they can look at both of them together. And then, in addition to that, if you're if if they I'm running out of time. I know if they say, hey, um, we're gonna go with the other person's. You fight that all the way up through the appeals process and guess what the VA says? That they err on the side of the soldier, or of the veteran, okay? Um, Almost done, I promise, like two more minutes. Um, Okay, we talked about non-GERD abdominal issues. Yes, we can make those things happen, especially under um, the presumptive Gulf War syndrome. Low testosterone related to sleep apnea, Um, yes by, by nature, like, uh, I guess uncontrolled sleep apnea absolutely lowers testosterone. Okay. This is common medical knowledge. This is not secret to us. Um, just by the way the hypothalamus pituitary access works. Um, if you have sleep apnea, it will lower your testosterone. So yes, we can service connect that. Absolutely. Um, secondarily. Um, can the, can the med team help with my hip pain? I have 30% rated for several years. It's gotten worse. Can, it, um, I know that you can't measure range of motion, but is there anything the med team can do to assist me like a DBQ? No, not really. Because unfortunately the DPQ is range of motion. So that's going to be one of those things where we prep your file and then we tell you, Hey, you just got to go to the VA exam. Okay. Um, Michael Hay wants to talk more about that presumptive Gulf War list. I, I just don't know. We probably need to have a breakout just on Gulf War and presumptive, like Vietnam, um, all of those things. We probably need to have a breakout just on that. So, Brian and I will talk about that. And maybe um, the next med team, you know, whatever this is, uh, Facebook t- Live, will be on presumptive conditions. Because I just don't think we can do enough justice to that in, like, the next two minutes. Um so, let's see. One more question. We'll throw one more question in. What, oh, this is a great question too. Um, what's the most comprehensive way to connect the dots for establishing secondary conditions to primary disabilities? For example, PTSD can cause X and Y or cervical spine issues can cause Z, lumbar spine issues, X, et cetera. Um, so, my answer to that is, that's what we do, right? That is what we do. The first step is for you to have the condition formally diagnosed. I can't do that for you. I cannot do that for you because I'm working in the capacity as a, as a medical legal consultant, right? I don't have medical malpractice. We're not in a doctor's office. I'm not examining you. All I'm doing is taking your evidence and putting it into a legal wording, right? Right? Um, lawyers can't do what we do either. They can put it into wording, but the VA requires a PA or a nurse practitioner or a physician or even sometimes a chiropractor, as crazy as that is, to sign that to make it. You know, a lawyer can put it together, but it's not. It still has to have the power. It still has to have the power of the pen. Okay, so that's what we do. Um, you need to have that formal diagnosis. You, we create the medical nexus letter, and then we you know, our awesome VCEs will guide you through the rest of it. So, um, and, and that's about it. So if there's anything else you guys want, um, you know, just definitely hit us up, put it out to Brian, some, some other things. I think the presumptive, um, conditions is probably would be a great, um, next Facebook live from the, from the med team. But if there are any, any other things, don't be afraid to ask on, um, the mastermind page or on Brian's page, Um, I also have a page now, so you guys can jump on Prestige Worldwide Medical Consulting's Facebook page. That's my personal page, and I'll answer as many questions as I can. Um, I guess that's all I have for you guys, so thanks for tuning in. Thanks for letting me be a part of your journey, and um, thank you to all the VCEs and to all of my other great team members who make this thing possible. All right, have a nice day, guys.